Hey everyone, Lenny back with another podcast, Puri Powerhouse Radio, Puri Powerhouse, best 24-7 functional fitness gym in the area, and today we're going to do a podcast on sleep. Okay, so we're going to talk about the hormonal effects of sleep, how important sleep is, uh, the stages of sleep, and just um, you know what, what role it plays in your, your goals and gains. Okay, so first thing, being a trainer here at Period Powerhouse, the one thing people will always ask first up is, what's your recommendation? What's the three most important parts of me reaching my goals? Pretty simple. Eat well, train hard, sleep like a baby. Those three things will be uh, just imperative to you when it comes to reaching your goals. Any of those three are out of whack, it's going to be a slow progress. You can't out-train a bad diet. You, your volume and intensity has to be planned. And your sleep is the most important time to recover. If those three things don't work simultaneously together, then you're... I'm not saying you can't make progress, because you can. I'm not saying you won't make gains, because you will. I'm not saying you can't lose weight, because you can. But you will never be at your optimum level doing that. Okay? So that's the first thing out of the way. Train hard, eat well, sleep well. They're the three most important parts of anyone's setup. And once again, it comes back to planning. Plan your workout with your routine. Plan your diet so you don't make bad choices. And plan your sleep around your lifestyle. If you've got things on early in the morning, go to sleep early enough to get, still get your six to eight in. We'll go for that soon as well in this. So first up, let's just talk a little bit about the three stages of sleep. Then we'll talk about REM sleep later. Okay, so stage one, that's the lightest stage of NREM sleep. So non-REM sleep, often defined by the presence of slow eye movements. Uh, this is the like the drowsy sleep stage. Can easily uh, be disrupted um, by noises and so forth or surroundings causing awakenings and arousals. Muscle tone throughout the body relaxes and the brain wave actively begins to slow from that wake. Occasionally, people may experience hypnic jerks or abrupt muscle spasms and may even experience sensation of falling. So remember those dreams when you're falling down? That's in, in and out of stage one sleep. Stage two is the actual first defined stage of non-REM sleep. So awakenings and arousals don't occur as easily and the slow-moving eye rolls will discontinue at, in this stage. Brainwaves continue to slow with specific bursts of rapid activity known as sleep spindles, or spindles, depends on what language you speak, intermixed with sleep structures known as K-complexes. Both sleep spindles and K-complexes are thought to serve as protection from the brain from awakening from your sleep. Uh, your body temperature begins to decrease at this stage and your heart rate begins to drop down. So stage two of, um, is actually the first stage of non-REM sleep. Stage three is known as the deep NREM sleep, the most resortive, resortive stage of sleep. Stage three consists of delta waves or slow waves. Awakenings or arousals are rare and often it's difficult to wake someone in a stage three sleep. Parasomnias, sleepwalking, sleep talking, uh, night terrors, they will occur during the deepest stage of sleep. Okay, so if you're having those symptoms and stuff, you're in a very deep sleep to be, to be going through that. Then we break into the all-important REM sleep. So REM, rapid eye movement, is most commonly known as the dreaming stage. Okay, so that's when you're dreaming in sleep. 
eye movements are rapid, moving from side to side, brain waves are more active than in the stages two and three of sleep, so the stage two and three, which is in NREM sleep. Awakenings and arousals can occur more easily in deep REM. Being awoken during a REM period can leave one feeling groggy or oversleeping. So if you wake up and feel like you're groggy in that, you're probably being awoken out of a deep REM sleep. Okay, so let's talk, let's talk a little bit about um, what, what is a sleep cycle. So a sleep cycle is a progression through the various stages of NREM sleep to REM sleep and before beginning the progression again with the NREM sleep. Typically a person will begin a sleep cycle every 90 to 120, so every nearly uh, one and a half, two hours, resulting in four to five cycles per sleep time or hours spent asleep. Okay, so that sort of gives you into how long a sleep cycle will last for and that's why you get the six to eight hours sleep because it's known to be optimal. The first sleep cycle takes about 90 minutes, okay? After that, they do go up towards that two hours. Typically, an individual will go through four to five of them a night. So you see, if you're going through four to five, it's eight to 10 hours sleep. Well, minus eight hours is about where we get that from. So what, what is deep sleep? Okay, deep sleep occurs in stage three of NREM sleep. Brainwaves during stage three are called delta waves, we spoke about that a bit earlier, due to the slow speed and large amplitude. Of all the sleep stages, the deep sleep stage three is the most resorative and the sleep stage least likely to be affected by external stimuli. So you're less likely to be disrupted, okay? Waking a person from deep sleep is difficult. Uh, following, so if you've had sleep deprivation, a, a person will experience more extensive time in that stage three because your body's trying to catch up on what it's missed out on. Parasomnia, such as sleepwalking, sleep talking, night terrors, bedwetting, are more likely to occur at this deep stage. There is muscle activity, that's how people can talk or kick in their sleep. So that's, um, gives you a bit of a background on that. So when, when does the REM sleep occur, okay? So REM, rapid eye movement sleep. A person's sleep time, approximately six to eight hours for adults, can be thought of as two halves, okay? The first half for a majority of people consists mostly of stages two and three, with sporadic periods of stage one and short. Uh, REM periods. As the night progresses, stage three begins to diminish in quantity, while stage one and two remain with lengthening periods of REM occurring, okay? A person typically experiences three to five REM periods throughout sleep, with the longest REM period right before the, your, your wake for the day. So that's why those dreams when you wake up, sometimes you're very vivid. That's because you just come out of an REM dreaming, dreaming type, uh, part of, the, of your sleep cycle. So that's why it's so easy to remember. If you're woken prematurely from completing that REM period, a person can experience a period of sleep inertia, whereby a heightened sensation of sleepiness can occur for minutes, even hours. Okay, so when you when you do awake and you you know you you're just like oh my god, I have not had enough sleep. It's possibly being uh, woken out of that deep REM. In the REM period, breathing becomes more rapid. It's a bit it's a bit irregular and quite shallow. Your eye jerks rapidly and limb muscles become paralyzed. Brain waves during this stage increase to levels experienced when a person is awake. Heart rate increases, blood pressure rises, males develop erections, and the body loses some of the ability to regulate its temperature, e.g. morning wood and waking up with night sweats. So that gives you a bit of a background, guys, onto that. I mean, we want to focus more on the hormonal side for you guys and how important it is. 
So that gives you a bit of a background on what the different sleep cycles are, just so you have a bit of an understanding. All right, so we'll go, I'll go straight into HGH, which is human growth hormone, or GH, whatever you know it as. So human growth hormone is an important part of the body's endocrine system. It's especially active in the growing child's maturation. Uh, HGH is released by the brain into the bloodstream during sleep, and it's released as part of the repair and restoration function of sleep. So basically, sleep more, GH raises, you recover better, you burn more fat, uh, your body will repair itself better and restore you ready for the next day, layman's terms. The hormone is a complex protein. It's produced by pituitary gland, pituitary gland in the brain. And in addition to promoting growth in childhood, it helps maintain healthy bodily tissue, even during adulthood. The pituitary gland releases growth hormone non-continuously. The release is like a pulse. Human growth hormone promotes a healthy metabolism, enhances your physical performance, and may even help live longer. Okay, so you <laughs> would knock it on the head straight away because it's the first thing people are going to ask me. Can you take a supplement? Or as you hear, a lot of professionals, can you inject HGH? What does it do? So re increasing your HGH, yes, it will increase your metabolism. It does burn more fat. It does build more muscle. But what you've got to be really careful of is your body with HGH, it doesn't just grow muscle, it grows everything. Like it's there to repair everything. So if you abuse HGH, you will grow your organs. You know, you'll grow your tendons, you'll grow your ligaments, you'll grow your bones, you'll grow everything. And then that's when you run into trouble. Because your body, think about this, if your body decides that your heart isn't going to grow at the same level that you are, then how can your heart support your weight? It's not going to happen, okay? There'd be too much pressure, and that's where we have these issues with heart disease and stuff like that. Okay, so be really careful. I do not recommend at all messing with your HGH. Get more sleep. Deep sleep better. Sleep deeper. Sleep longer. Eat better. Train better. Your HGH will look after itself. Okay, so when is HGH released during sleep? So both sleep and exercise induce the release of the growth hormone, okay? So they're both release hormone, growth hormone. A lot of experts will estimate that a 75% of your human growth hormone is released during sleep. And so that's, as you can see, that's three quarters of your human growth is through sleep, how important sleep is in that process. In normal healthy people, the major period of HGH release occurs during the first period of stage three sleep. Okay, so that last stage, that deep NREM sleep, stage during the night, about an hour after you fall asleep. Stage three, also known as deep sleep or slow wave sleep, accounts for about one quarter of your sleep each night. Okay, so it's not a lot, but you need to get it. Deep sleep is the most restorative at all stages of the sleep. During the stage of sleep, HGH is released and works to restore and rebuild your body and muscles from the stresses of the day. So your body, you, your HGH is impeccably important in your recovery process. So we go back to what I said, the very first line I put it yet about your training, your diet, and everything like that, it all comes back to sleep. If you are not recovering or repairing your muscle or releasing the amount of HGH your body needs to do so, how can you expect to be your optimal level and achieve PBs, be up for every single day, put up with the kids, uh, go for a run, do these recovery processes and exercise processes without that growth hormone there to assist you. The body, the body is an amazing thing. You know, the body will go that much further than the mind. It'll, you'll, it'll, you'll be able to do it. Like you can get no sleep. You can go work a night shift. 
come to the gym, train, go home, have two hours sleep, go for a run, have something to eat, come back that night, train again, and do the same thing for two days. But you, you, you know as well as I know that second day, nothing is happening. You're not hitting PBs, you're fatigued, you're more risk of injury. It's because your body just has not had the time to restore or recover. So we need to get back to the thought. So back in ancient times, they didn't have clocks, okay? They didn't know how it worked. So the simple method was nighttime, sleep time, daytime, active time. So they were getting the best part of that 10 to 12 hours sleep, eight to 12 hours sleep, depending on the season. That's how we've got to think, got to think primitive. We've got to think that how did, how did humans survive all those years ago before this was even known? It's because they listened to their body, okay? So think of melatonin. That's what, so melatonin tells you what is night and day. So it tells you that it is dark outside, okay? So put your body naturally into a level of um, preparedness of sleep, I guess you call it. Puts you in a body of preparedness for sleep and allows your body to be ready to restore and recover. Okay, so that's what we we need to get get those levels back into into our mind. The the problem we've got in modern day society, and we'll go into this a little bit more in depth. That's back to the growth hormones. We covered that off. So basically, eight to twelve hours growth hormones released. Um, I just want to go quickly into how it affects your age before we jump onto the next stage. Uh, the production of HGH level peaks at your youth. So when you're younger, obviously, like everything, is at a peak and steadily declines as you get older. Senior seniors in particular, I'm 34, I don't consider myself a senior, but it would it reduces math massively from 30 onwards. Uh, sorry, seniors are particularly spend less time in deep sleep, which explains the length of link and lack of HGH and other disorders with aging. Because remember, lower HGH levels correspond with higher risk of heart disease, obesity, diabetes. HGH is what makes you look younger. It keeps your youth. Why? Because your body is restoring and recovering. It's restoring your skin. It's recovering your skin. It's recovering the damage caused to it by whatever means there is out there. So having that lack of HGH is um, not just physical, it's appearance, it's everything, it's mental. Oh, can you naturally increase your HGH levels? Um, it's just by following good sleep and hygiene and getting you know that high quality sleep, seven to nine hours, six to eight is more, more effective this day and age. Just get that high quality sleep, guys. Um, you can do whatever you want. Like, I guess when it comes to diet, you should think of HGH and sugar as opposites. So the higher your insulin levels from intake of sugar, the lower your HGH levels, okay? So high blood sugar inhibits your HGH production. So you should avoid foods that are high in sugar, we know this, but especially before bed. If you want to avoid inhibiting you know, your natural HGH production, avoid um, those sweet treats. We all love them. There's a reason why we love them. That's because you think that's what you're craving, but your body isn't craving that, it's craving the malnourishment of the day. So it may be water, it may be vitamin B, who knows, it could be anything. Um, but we produce that as sugar, it's the easy thing to go to. So if you wanna have, I'm a big, big believer in having fat and protein before bed. So the last meal that you have before you go to bed, 
ideally nuts are easy. Cottage cheese, bit of protein powder, mix it up, whip it up like a custard, eat that. They're the things you should be looking to do because it's gonna increase your um, sleep, but it's gonna make your sleep that next level. It's gonna put you, your HGH at that optimal level. Remember, if your HGH is producing optimally, you're sleeping optimally, you're performing optimally, which makes a massive difference to the end of the outcome of what you're looking to get. Okay, so I just wanna go through quickly social media a little bit and phones and stuff with sleep, okay? So we've gone through the hormones and we have an understanding now of what we need to do to ensure that they are um, in order and what you have to do to make sure you are getting the best out of your HGH. The next one in line is social media phones, blah, blah, blah. So for every, you lay in bed, we all do this, lay in bed, watch TV, we lay in bed in our phone. So you watch TV, the stimulus, if it's something you regularly watch, your stimulus isn't quite there because you know what's gonna happen. Um, so you're not really focused, but the TV's on and you're on your phone. You're scrolling through your social media account and you say, oh geez, Joe blows with someone else and they had a punch up or you know, he's marrying her, he's marrying him. Um, you're automatically, you're simulated. Straight away, you're like, bang, I'm awake. I wanna find out what's going on here, go through the comments. So you may go to, this is a common one, I know a lot of people do this. They'll go to bed, they'll go to bed at 9 p.m. They'll have an hour of technology time. That's their time for phones and stuff, prism to 10. Then they put down their phones, they do it and they just rest. Rest for 25, half an hour, read a book, think about your day, think about your plan, write a little notebook, write your diary if that's what you're into, whatever it is, turn off the technology and get back in touch with you, okay? We can talk about mental health, we can talk about uh, physical health, but you need to take that time and the best times before you go to sleep, take that time for you. Think about your day, think about what's on the hand tomorrow. It may be stressful, you may have a stressful day tomorrow, but think about the ways you're gonna deal with it. So when you go to sleep, you're at rest with that. So that's not what is gonna keep you awake because you've made a plan, okay? And recite that plan to yourself. And this may sound like absolute garbage, gibberish crap, but it's true. It's, what, it's what's gonna change how you sleep. Because if you're worried about, you gotta got a boss down from, you know, he's Sydney tomorrow and you know, he's a bit of a, or he or she's a bit of a prick or a bitch, whatever. You're not gonna sleep because you're so stressed. Your cortisol will be through the roof and you're gonna hold water, you're gonna blow, you're gonna feel like crap, you're gonna be attracted to crappy foods. So, you know, you need to, um, you need to look after yourself. Like, and <laughs> having that time for yourself will, will give you that ability just to turn off and just evaluate. Just evaluate, guys. Like, just think about it and evaluate where you're at and give yourself that time to reflect. It's important. I mentioned a little bit there of stress. So jumping on your phone or whatever else before you go to bed, you may get stressed. You may find stressful information out during that period. Um, or you may find out funny stuff. Like, there's no, that's the problem. There is no filter. You don't know what you're going to find out. Okay, so you don't know how your engagement is going to be or what, what um, your, your reaction to your sleep is going to be. Okay, so we're talking a little bit about, about stress and stuff. So people, you talk about insomnia. Um, you got to, uh, the thing with insomnia, 
is you got to ask when did it start, okay? Does the problem come and go with the occurrence and disappearance of stress? Does it persist through your life? Did it happen after a heavy point of grieving? Did it happen after a breakup? Is there a person or a thing or an object or a activity that heightens that level of insomnia? The only way you're gonna get past insomnia is you gotta find the source. That said, take away from sleep apnea and any other medical condition, fair enough, different story. But if you don't have those issues and you know that there's this times you just can't get to sleep or you can't sleep, you need to find the source. Finding the source will eliminate the issue, okay? So when we talk about stress and, um, and don't get me wrong, stress, causes insomnia like crazy. It makes it difficult to fall asleep, makes it hard to stay asleep, it affects your quality of your sleep. Stress causes hyperarousal, which can upset the balance between sleep and awake, like wakefulness. Like you just don't know what um, what level it could really go to. Um, raise your cortisol, as I said before, which is very bad for weight. Um, and cortisol is a stress hormone, but you'll bloat and you'll uh, crave that's where you get cravings and stuff when cortisol's been out of whack. And, you know, caffeine is another one. We are so coffee-reliant, pre-workout reliant, blah, blah, all the rest. Anything, we, we just love caffeine. We love the stimuli because it, it it's a euphoric feeling and it changes our view on stuff. It doesn't fix anything. So if you're a bad caffeine drinker, yeah, you're going to struggle to sleep. Of course you are. If you haven't four coffees of that night, you may think you're asleep and you may sleep eight hours. I'll be very interested to know how much of that's deep REM and how you actually feel. Because if you're having four coffees at eight o'clock at night, it ain't because you you love coffee. It's because you're, you're buggered, you need some energy, okay? If you have to wake up and have a coffee, it's not because you love to have a coffee first thing in the morning. It's because you're buggered and that coffee will give you that boost you need. It should be natural. And by eating fats and protein before you go to bed and upon waking is your first meal, you will get that energy. I'm not saying you're gonna be able to eat eggs and bacon night and day, uh, night and morning, and you're gonna have energy. No, that's not what I'm saying. Good sources of fat and protein in small amounts will improve your sleep and improve your life, okay? So we've run through there, and I, some really good ideas and what sleep does. The biggest one though is it's on recovery. Okay, guys, if you want to get the best out of yourself in everyday life, work, like professionally, in relationships, personally, in the gym, um, actively, in your study, educationally, um, as a friend, socially, if you want to be the best you can, the best version of you, you have to ensure you kick, tick the big three. Train hard and smart and plan. Eat well and smart and plan. Sleep well and smart and plan. Okay? And I ain't been uh, old mate down the road telling you have to eat veggies and this and that. You eat what the hell you want to eat. You know, but in moderation, a healthy diet will improve your sleep. And I say it again and again. Have a few nuts or some cottage cheese or a piece of cheese or a fat and protein sauce, not a big 600 gram rump steak at 11 p.m. at night. You still gotta keep your calories under control, but have that fat sauce and any good trainer 
any good trainer, any good nutritionist will incorporate this into your plan. And if you haven't got it in your plan, ask questions because it's about calories and it's about a 24 hour period. And it doesn't matter when the hell you eat it. As long as you eat the amount of calories that you're, you need to succeed, a pre-bed meal has to be there. Okay. So that'll wrap it up, guys. Um, once again, importance of sleep is unheralded. Um, if you're not getting six to eight hours a night, think about why and plan for it. Okay, yeah, you might go out and have a few beers on the weekend and that's gonna incorporate a whole different level of sleep and empty calories and there's a whole other subject on alcohol. Okay, that's okay. It's okay. But on a Monday night, if you're just sitting there and getting four hours sleep because you don't want eight, well, you need to, you need to target the eight hours. Plan for it and just be ready for it, okay? Just plan, just make a plan and say, this is how I'm gonna achieve my six to eight, and this is the process on how I'm gonna get there. But a healthy diet, eat protein and fats, and before you go to bed and upon waking, and you're more than more than halfway on your way. All right, guys, that's it. That's our podcast on sleep. If you need any help, or you, sorry, guys, you need any help and anything that we can help you with in regards to your sleep or any ideas or any planning, hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, uh, email peerypowerhouseoutlook.com. Facebook is peerypowerhouse. Instagram is peery underscore powerhouse. And we'll assist you the best we can in helping you get your results, okay, guys? Other to that, come in and book a time um, for a, a session, and we can go through it in person. Uh, about 30 bucks will get you that service. Cool. Thank you for listening, guys. Be sure that next podcast won't be so far uh, down the line. And if you have any ideas, hit us up.